So, yep, welcome everyone. Uh, we are continuing our series called Back to Basics. And Back to Basics is always a good thing to, to pay attention to in life. Um, if you forget how to drive, it's probably good to go back to basics. Um, um, and sometimes I feel like that um, with my walk with, uh, with Jesus, with my faith, that sometimes I forget how <laughs> to, 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 to follow Jesus and, and it's a good time to go back to basics. And I was reflecting on, um, on my time at Divergent Church. I've been about a part of Divergent Church for eight years now. I met Nicole here um, and I, we met just up the, up the back and... I was reflecting on my time here at Divergent Church, at CDPM, um, the great things that, that, that have happened since coming to this church. And, it, and it's not because Divergent Church is special in any regard. Um, it, it was more that Josh and, and the other leaders um, really believed, and this sounds a bit funny, in the Bible. They believed what they read in the Bible was for us and, and they really pushed us and challenged us to to look at those, those scriptures and not just brush past them, but go, wow, is this for me? And if it's for me, what should I do about it? How might this change my life? How might this change me and form me? And, and so Jesus, uh, when we read what Jesus calls us um, as followers of him to do, it's, it's, it's quite challenging and sometimes it can be a bit uncomfortable. And recently, when reading the Bible, I've become a bit uncomfortable when I, when I read the Bible. And, and that's not a bad thing. Um, it's actually a good thing. It means that, that I, in one way, I, I've still got the Spirit of God in me who, who makes me feel guilty sometimes when I'm reading things. And then I check my life and I check where, where my heart is and where I'm heading. And I go, yeah, things are not adding up. You know, sometimes I come to church and, you know, it, it's, it's, it happens when you've been a part of church for a long time and you've been coming to church for a long time. Um, that... Christianity gets uh, condensed down to coming to church on a Sunday, hearing a, a, a nice message um, that'll make us feel better, um, coming to Bible study or coming to Lifecom, singing songs, um, which we really love doing. But if that's all Christianity is, um, even, even serving, and that's what we're talking about tonight, we're talking about serving, but this is not a message to make you feel guilty so that you can serve more. Like We have amazing people here, most of us, that are serving uh, this, this church, this gathering, in, in one way or another. And, but when we lose the heart for why we serve, if we lose the heart for why we do things, well, when we're just turning up and we're just, we're just in autopilot. And I don't know if you guys have felt it, um, but I definitely feel it, that, that there's this, this nudging in my soul sometimes that I go, is there more to life than just turning up to church and hanging out with Christians and doing church things? Um, have we lost the heart of what it means to follow Jesus? And so simply, I just want to, there's a couple of verses. Um, I've got four verses that, I, that I've, I've, um, I've, I've kind of been wrestling with um, recently and I want to share them with you and I, and, I, and I want you guys to come on the journey and feel uncomfortable. And, and know that it's not a bad thing to feel uncomfortable, but it's good to go back to basics of, of, of what is Christianity, what, what is, what is, who is Jesus, and, and why he's such an amazing person, and why we should follow him with everything that we've got. And, and I want to talk more about what it means to be a servant of Christ rather than just being a servant in, in a church gathering called Divergent Church CDPM. Because um, naturally it will flow, but if we, if we don't get the first bit right, 
a servant of Christ, a, a, a servant devoted to him and only him, it's then we're just serving for the point of serving. And, and, and things can happen. You can start feeling a bit disenfranchised. You can start reading things that we, that we sing and we go, I don't resonate with that. Um, you, you pray and, and, and you're not feeling a connection. It's because maybe we've lost the basics. We've lost the heart of, of why, we, why we follow Jesus. And so I've got a couple of verses and I'll be jumping back and forth and it's not like I'm cherry picking. Um, and, I, and I urge you to, to take consideration of, of these verses and um, write them down, whatever form you have, um, and, and think about them throughout the week, even, even use them in your life, come to go, how are we going with these verses? How is our community going with them? And, and how might we change if, if we took Jesus at his word for everything that he's got and, and started to really live the way Jesus is calling us to? And so the first verse is Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 10, and this is talking about a very basic thing that if we don't get this right, if we don't understand this, and if we don't take this to heart, then serving each other makes no sense. And it's, it's to do with God's grace. And so verses 1 to 10, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by, na- by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus." in order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You can't skip past that verse without feeling something inside you. We feel things inside us when we come across verses like that because we have the Spirit of God in us. And something that I tend to consistently and constantly miss when I read the Bible um, is that these were actually conversations and these were actually letters addressed to people. These are not just... um, theological doctrine um, that we might have grown up with, but these are, these are deeply personal messages. And imagine if this letter was given to us at CDPM. Imagine if this letter was under our doorstep and it was from someone that, that used to be part of our community or help, helped set up this community and they're writing from us. So I think of people like, um, like Mark, who, who, who uh, Pete and a few others might have known, um, he was in our community a couple of years ago. Imagine if Mark was sending this message all the way over from America and he was urging us that we are saved by grace. You know, the parts of this verse, it, says, it, it tells us something that we, we know down in our core, that we are all, all disobedient children and we all have desires of our own and we all turn away from God in our different lives. Hey, Papa. Welcome. 
He's just got back from Adelaide, which is cool. Yeah, it tells us of something that we know is true to us. We, we know that as children, we disobeyed our parents growing up, and sometimes we continue to disobey our parents. Um, we, we are constantly wrestling with what is the right thing to do, and, and when it feels good for us, we will go our way. Um, because it's fearful to, to, to sometimes have other people direct your life, and it's fearful to, to sometimes have other people take control of your life. It doesn't, doesn't connect with us. And so it's something that's so deep inside us. And yet, God, because of his kindness, says in verse 4, that his great love for us and his grace and incredible kindness to us in Jesus Christ, that we have been saved. Now, I find this verse uncomfortable because when you read that verse and you meditate on it and you continue to look at just how much we need Jesus, it should enact feelings and it should enact change in our life because we know that we can't do things our own way. We know that it's going to promote death or, or pain in, in, the, in the current life and, and it's not going to end well for us once we, go to, once we expire. Like if we truly believe the Bible and we truly believe these verses... There is no other way that we respond to Jesus because of his loving kindness and what he did for us on the cross. And then when it says we are God's handiwork created in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us, it shows that God has a plan for us in this lifetime that, that supersedes anything that we might have plans for. It, 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 it shows us that that God has a great plan for us and, and he wants us to come on the journey with us and, and submit to him as a, as a servant, a loving servant and, and be committed to, to just trusting. I just wonder if, if, if we were to think about this, you know, if, if we were to revisit this verse and verses like this, how might our gathering change? from week to week. If this was the thing that we, we looked at every week and go, how are we going with this? Like as a, as a, as a check marker against our, our gathering, against our communities, our life communities, even just in our personal lives, if, if, if we paid attention to these, these Bible verses and, and, and just really wrestled with them, how might our community change? And we were reminding each other that we are saved through grace and, and we do not belong to ourselves anymore and, and we've got we've got this father who loves us and has a plan for us it is uncomfortable but it is so cool my next verse is 1 john 4 7 through to 12 so keep taking notes of these and and i really hope that you guys um yeah, make the most of this week um, to, to, to read these verses and really check ourselves and see how we're going. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son in the world that we might live through him. This is not that 
This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, (coughs) God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now, this verse follows a, a similar theme as the one we've, we had before, but it's, 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 it's a next step. It's like love in action. It's, it's out of the love that we receive from God. It, it enacts action. And again, I find this very uncomfortable because sometimes I don't feel like loving people. And loving people can be hard and it can be exhausting and it takes up your time and it takes sacrifice. And I know there are people in our community that have felt that as they continue to love and serve people, it gets exhausting and, and it takes sacrifice. And when we try to love people out of our own strength or because we feel like we must, if we have to, if it feels like we have to, it, it never really sustains. And I believe it's because we are taking God loving us out of the equation, if we forget that God first loved us and we've just started to love people because we have to or because we feel obliged because I know what it says in the Bible, but we forget that actually God first loved us, it's a weak love and it's, it doesn't sustain. It's like you're running on fumes. It's not going to sustain you for long. And so when it comes down to it, there's no way of avoiding what John is calling his friends to do, and by extension, what he is calling us to do. Out of the love that God has for us, we too love. But only in that order. Only in that order. And I want to ask the same question, how might our lives change? How might our community change if we only loved out of the fuel of God first loving us rather than loving because we have to or loving because we feel obliged to. And I love verse 12 where it says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If we take that verse literally, literally as we should, it means that by loving others, because of the way in which God loves us, we continue, continue to experience God in a real way. And that doesn't sound, it doesn't sound right in, in our ears. By loving others and not loving ourselves, we are actually going to feel closer to God. We're going to experience God. We're going to relate to God more. One of the big things about, about, about Christianity is, is that we have a relationship with God. We have a relationship with him, but, but sometimes that doesn't feel like something real or that we can attain, that it's just a matter of coming to church and, 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 and receiving and then going home. But, but God is calling us to love others, and he's saying by doing that, and you've got to trust him in this sometimes. You just have to trust, even though it doesn't feel right, even though it feels opposite, that by loving others, by sacrificing, by putting yourself out there, you actually are going to feel closer to him. Because you'll begin to understand the way in which he loved us in the way in which he gave Jesus up for us. There is this relationship. And maybe you felt this. There is this relationship between you sacrificing your time and your energy and your love for other people 
and then going, wow, now I understand how what what God did for me. And I've heard it when people have children and, and they start feeling this um, this unconditional love for this child. We're nodding along. Nicole and I don't have, have, have children yet, but um, it's, it's true. Ask a mother, ask a father. This love that they have for their children because they're sacrificing and they only want the best for this person, it's... It, it brings a closeness to God that you've never felt, but it doesn't. It doesn't make sense, and but that's why we must, as a community, as a lifecom, as spur each other on to love one another. Imagine a community, and and I'm not here to to say that we're not doing this. I, I love this community, and I love. I've loved being a part of it for eight years, and I've seen so much love in our community. And that's why we must continue to go back to basics and say, out of the love we have for God, out of the, the the love that God has for us, and the way that He sacrificed for us, when we do that for one another, this to and fro of receiving and giving, all centered around God. That's an amazing community. That's a community that, that, that people looking in want to be a part of. That's a community that, that we can bring our friends into, these, these friends that we love that don't know Jesus yet. We can bring them into the community and know with confidence that they will, they will start to see a picture of God that they've never felt before or they've never seen before. It's the strength of our loving community that might change the hearts of the unbelievers. All because of the love that we've been given through God and through Jesus. Third verse, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 14. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made of one part, but of many. When I first came to Divergent Church, when it was called Life City Church, this was probably the most uncomfortable thing I'd ever, ever, ever read. Um, I don't know how I got away with not reading it growing up in a Baptist church. Um, but then you start to realize that a Pentecostal church loves talking about spiritual gifts and loves talking about the Holy Spirit and, and that it's actually something to expect in your own life and in your own relationship with God. It sounds airy-fairy and it sounds too hard to believe, especially when we're talking about special gifts. But what would it look like in a community if we truly believed that God has given us all the Spirit, every single one of us has given us the Holy Spirit and a manifestation of that spirit could result in gifts that we can use to build each other up and to continue to love and share with each other. In the context, Paul was addressing an issue where, where spiritual gifts were taken out of the context of love. And without the context of love and serving each other based on the things that we've been talking about, about God first loving us, if we just start saying, yeah, you've got a gift, you've got a gift, you've got a gift, and we start lording that over each other and we start misusing it, it becomes quite dangerous. But imagine a church all filled with the same spirit, all committed to loving and serving each other, and the Holy Spirit was with us the whole time. A church that doesn't rely on just the leaders, 
but, but realizes that we've all got a part to play. Every single one of us have a part to play. If we've all got the same spirit, if we're all believing in the same Jesus and we've all got the same Holy Spirit with us, then we all have a part to play. Imagine a community that really recognized that, that, that looked at this verse and took it to heart, took it literally. It was like, I'm going to read this, I'm going to meditate on this and go, wow, God is saying that I have the Holy Spirit in me and that I have a part to play in this body. And I'm not talking about serving on an ops team. And I'm not talking about serving on, on the computer screen. Um, I'm not talking about that sort of stuff, but serving each other, loving each other, using these gifts that he talks about, these gifts that come from the Spirit, like wisdom and, 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 and discernment and prophecy. Prophecy speaking from God's behalf and saying, this is what God wants for you in your life. Do you know how encouraging that is if people are just... just, just operating in those spiritual gifts and they have this confidence that, 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 that they know that it's from God, that they can that look at a person and they're struggling and they, they know that the Spirit is going to help them to, to minister and to love and be there for them. Imagine a community where we're all doing it together. Imagine people looking in on that and go, there is something different about that community. There is something different about it. Like we can't ignore the things in the Bible that are uncomfortable for us. I think it's, it's, we, we should hit those head on and go, okay, well, what is God actually saying for me in this moment? And what is God actually wanting of me in this moment? And what is he actually calling me into? It is so scary. <laughs> it is so scary, but, but, but God promises this is a blessed life if you commit to him and follow him and start taking him at his word and trusting him. It may take you in different directions. It might change the way you see life. It may take, take you in all kinds of adventures, but at least you'll get to the end of your life and go, yes, I followed the Lord. And so there's three verses. I just want you to think about what, what a community looks like. And, and we've probably, we, we do have that com- community at times. But other times, when we're on autopilot, when we're just thinking that church is about coming to, coming to uh, Sunday service and, and, and hearing a message and singing some songs. But if we were a community that started combining those three verses, those three processes those three theologies those those three things that god wants from us and there's so many more like this is just the surface it's it's actually really hard to to narrow down what 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 god wants of a of a community that loves him to three or four verses it's impossible almost there is so much richness in the bible and and it's it's when you're alone with that bible and you're reading it and that's that's those moments where you feel convicted and you and you feel a bit guilty and you go yeah okay god is 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 wanting more But why? Why? Why do we? What? What is the point? If 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 we're in love with God and and we're following Him and we're coming to church and 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 now we're we're beginning to understand the servant heartedness of Jesus um, and we start serving each other, we start loving each other, uh, we start realizing that the Holy Spirit with us is is in us, we start ministering to each other through all these weird and wonderful ways that the Holy Spirit has in store for us. We start operating in that way and there's this community that is just so on fire for God and so on fire for, for serving and loving each other. 
what happens if we just keep it in the building? Like, what's the point of that? It's like we, 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 we get to that point and then we stop. And that's the tension that I've been feeling lately in my own life and I, I hope in some way um, you feel that tension too. That we just spend all this time loving and serving each other. Is that all that God has called us to be? There is so much power and richness in the church. But if we keep it to ourselves, we, it quickly grows stale. If it's just all about building each other up. Like there is this power that, that God has called the church to. There is this power in loving and serving each other all because of Jesus' sacrifice. But there are people out there in the world, and we know this, that really need that sort of loving community, that sort of support, that sort of community that's centered on Jesus. And we're left thinking, like, is this it? And it's not. It's not it. I think church life in church is just a fraction of what, what Christianity has in, is and, and, and what, a fraction of what, what following Jesus is. There is, there is more. There are, there are people that need Jesus. People in our workplaces and people in our, our unis and, and, and people, our close friends, our roommates that really need Jesus. But it's really scary when we're out there alone, when it's just me and my friend. And there is this fear it's not very popular to be Christian these days. And so we, we feel the pressure to just smile and fit in and avoid those awkward conversations. But what if we had our community? I, I feel like sometimes there's a difference between how I feel in the community and how I feel out in the world. But what if we brought our community, our strength, our source of strength, God with us, this loving community out into the world? Because let's face it, people aren't coming into our church anymore. They don't just walk walk in on a Sunday night. It's very rare, especially people that don't know Jesus. But how do we take that? How do we take this community out into the world? It it, it takes us working together for one. Um, our life comms are special places, but it takes us working as life comms together and going how. Do we reach our friends and our family? What, what ways? And, and I can't give you all the, the answers as to how. But when Nicole and I took over Gen Life, and this is not a plug for Gen Life, although if you, if, you, if you agree, that's great too. It's not a plug for, for what Nicole and I are doing at Red Frogs, but if you agree, that's great as well. But I had this dream, this kind of vision, if you will, of, of what, what it would look like for City PM and Gen Life and Red Frogs to all work together because because the how because I don't doubt that you guys love God. I don't doubt that you love Jesus and you're committed to him and I don't doubt that you love this world and that you want nothing more than the friends and family closest to you to come to know Jesus too because of the difference he's made in your life as well. I don't doubt that. But we don't know how sometimes. And that stops us, and, and that, that, that's fearful. And then, and then 
we just reconciled to go, well, okay, I'm going to be a lovely person out in the workplace um, and then I'm going to come to church and, and I'm going to be a lovely person and I'm going to come to church. And there's nothing wrong with being a lovely person. It's lovely to be lovely. But it's not going to change people. It's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to reveal them the true Jesus. If there is power in this church, if there is power in, in the community centered on Christ, well, then, then it's going if to, we, if we take it to, to our friends and family, who knows what will happen? And so Nicole and I came up with this idea and we came up with this plan how it would all work together. Um, and we've, we've seen bits and pieces of success and, and whatnot. But what if every part of our church, our life comms and our gen life, were all ways that our friends and family could experience the love and the power of God in community? What if we saw every part of our life as an opportunity to invite them into a community and continue and, and, and get exposed to, to what Christians do and how they behave and how they love? Imagine your friend, the friend that doesn't know Jesus, and he, and he ends up in, a, in, in this community, um, and we just see him from afar, and we welcome him in, and we love him. I would continue to want to turn up to, to stuff like that. And so, you know, these, these, these social events that we're putting on, like the, the Floriad, flowers are cool. I'm a landscaper. Love it. Um, but it's more than that. If we are finding it hard to invite our friends into our lives, into our Christian lives, because there is, there is a special thing about community. For better or worse, community informs the way we behave and then sometimes informs the way we believe. And so bringing our Christian friends, our non-Christian friends into community where they're surrounded by Christians and they do that enough times, they will start noticing things. They'll start noticing behaviours. They'll start noticing love that we have for each other. And maybe it's a love that they haven't experienced out in the world. And we haven't even told them about Jesus yet. We're just so in love with Jesus and so in love with serving each other that it's just natural. And so coming to these social events and us as a family coming together and then going, hey, this is a chance to invite my friend. Most people come to Floriad, so I could invite my friend along. It's a boldness. It does enact just a little bit of faith to go, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to invite my friend and he might reject me the first time, but I'm going to keep inviting him. Because I want to bring him into the family that I call home, which is Divergent Church. I want to bring him into this family to, because it changed my life because of how much they love God. So it's, it could change their life too. So these, these, these social events, coffee catch-ups on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on campus, and, and, and the stuff that we do on Red Frogs, this is, this is where it, Nicole and I just go cold turkey and we just, we just meet people and we play board games with them and if we, and we're just we be intentional with them and the, the heart is that when we meet people we invite them into our life and our life is going to social events it is going to coffee catch-ups it is going hiking and we do that as a community we do that things might change you might start seeing your your friends coming into community where they can experience the love that you guys have experienced in this community it changed my life, and I go through my ups and downs, but more or less, a community that was devoted to Jesus, 
they read from the Bible and took it to heart and challenged each other to, to think more deeply about what God has in store for us. It changed my life and people need that. And so it all comes back to, to that basic of, of serving God, of serving him with everything that we've got. We're looking at these verses in the Bible, being, being, just being in, in the word, and then, and then critically looking at yourself and going, how am I going with this? But beginning to let it change us. If you've taken your foot off the accelerator and you feel like you're in autopilot, let's just go back to the basics. Let's just start simple. Let's, let's throw away serving for the point of serving and then get back to the core of why we serve each other before we even think about a job that we need to do in church. Why are you doing it? The things that we do in this church, it's all so that we can create an environment where people can receive the love from God. And everyone has a part to play and it's great. And if we as a community can mobilize and realize that our life comms are such a special thing to invite our friends into, that this community is such a special thing, we do have something special that the world needs. I feel like we'll begin to feel sometimes less guilty about just turning up to church every week and, and, and hearing songs and listening to songs and them not resonating. I think they will start to resonate as we start to serve other people, even serve outside of our church and sacrifice our time for people just to spend time with them. We will start to rely on God and go, wow, I really need God in this situation. Your dry prayer life will begin to explode because you'll go, wow, I really need God. And so the only thing I can do is pray in this moment for my friend who's going through a tough time. All I can do is pray. And then you come into community and you start talking to people about, about the things that have been going in your life and this friend that you've got that you're praying for, they will begin to support and pray, and pray for you too. Then you'll start to re- hear songs and listen to songs and, and maybe you've had a dryness in, in, in singing these songs. That will start to prick your ears again and you'll start to resonate and go, man, Jesus, I know kind of just a little bit what it means to sacrifice. I think it all starts coming together. And it's because Jesus showed us how to serve in the most amazing way by dying on the cross. And every act of service after that is just going, I just love you, Jesus, and, and, and I want to serve you in just a little way, in, in the little ways that I can. How about we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we just, um, we just thank you for your word, that it is so true, that it, it tells so much about who we are. It tells so much about, about where we fall short, but it also tells us so much about who you call us to be. And Lord, in this moment, if we're feeling a bit uh, guilty, if we're feeling a bit convicted, I just thank you, Lord. And it's not because of my words, it's just because we direct it to Scripture. I pray, Lord, that this, this conviction or guilt could turn into action, that we can begin to think about how we are going and how we can change that in our community so that when when people 
start to enter our community, we know with confidence that that we'll receive the love and the joy that we received from you. We just pray, Lord, for our friends and our family who who don't know you yet. Just pray, Lord, that you continue to give us a heart to love and serve them and give us opportunities to welcome them into our community, even if it just means bringing two or three people out to meet them to have dinner. If it just means welcoming them, welcoming them into our world in a small way, like having coffee or dinner or going for a walk, I pray, Lord, that you really just season them with your love and your grace. Because, Lord, your heart is for everyone to come to know you. And we are your handiwork. And you have created us in such a way to love and serve you out of what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.